0: episode 19 of season three of the blue jays way podcast i am your host chris martin and tyler's not here this week uh he broke his wrist so he's unable to record uh we hope Tyler's okay uh i I forgot to tell maddie that so her face just absolutely threw me off but and hey guess what filling in for tyler this week is maddie fresh off a road trip uh to detroit to watch the jays take two of three maddie thank you for coming back on i think this is your second appearance this season how's it going
1: yeah, I think so. I love being on here, so thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> yes. And, and we'll,
1: get, well, get Tyler.
0: Yes, uh, Tyler, I think he's fine, but, you know, he just needs a week, a week break, which I understand after having surgery on his wrist, so we wish him all the best. He'll be back soon, but he picked the worst week to get wrist surgery because a lot of stuff's happened with the Jays. I think we'll get more towards the newsy stuff towards the end of the podcast, and We'll start quickly with the Jays road trip, because last time we left off, the Jays got swept by the Bosses and Red Sox, which had everyone in a tizzy in Blue Jays Nation. But they did go out onto this road trip, sweep a White Sox team that's just been abysmal this year, and they should. And then took two out of three against the uh, Tigers, one in convincing fashion. The other was a 10th inning win by a bench bat, which was a very, very entertaining game. Um, I was mad for half that game, but you know, it's baseball. So things turn around real quick. And then I think where I want to start this conversation, because I think personally for me, the White Sox series was kind of like nothing really happened where that was noteworthy besides the fact that the Jays took care of business. They still are struggling to score runs on a consistent basis. But what's most notable about about this road trip is the fact that the Detroit Tigers no-hit the Jays to not get swept in this series heading into the All-Star break. Um, Obviously, it's the seventh no-hitter against the Jays. Fun fact, two of those no-hitters are by Justin Verlander, one of the only pitchers to have two no-hitters against the same team. And it just feels like, well, you were there, so you can tell me what it was like to witness the Jays get no-hit as a Jays fan yeah. on the road. But it just felt like that whole game that for some reason after that like it wasn't even like a 30 minute rain delay it was like 20 minutes that they just like couldn't like I don't know I think it's just an overall problem with the way that they've been approaching the plate this year and their approach and they just couldn't figure out the Tigers pitching on that particular day
1: Yeah I don't know if it was the rain delay but honestly that's not an excuse it was just a weird game start to finish the weather there was bizarre like it was it started even pouring harder when first pitch was thrown and then all of a sudden it got really sunny and like the at-bats were just really bad at times especially in the ninth inning I was like I was mortified to see those at-bats by the Jays players I couldn't believe what I was watching.
0: And it's another theme that me and Tyler has been talking about this podcast this season is that Kevin Gosman day in, day out gives a great performance and then all and then gets no run support at all. Like zero run support. Yeah. He gets the loss and a, a 2 nothing loss after what I would consider a great outing by Gosman again. And of course, you, we expect nothing less. He is the ace of this team and he's proven why he's worth every penny we've been paying him the last couple of seasons. He's really performed this year. And it's just, it's just tough. It's just like, how how do you have a pitcher like Kevin Gosman, who has, he doesn't even have eight wins on the season yet. And I know we talk about on this podcast that wins aren't like the most telltale sign of whether you have a good starting pitcher or not, but it also tells you a little bit about how the team plays behind a pitcher. And it just seems like the Jays can never get up to, to bat for Gosman and that continued with their first no hitter of the year, or I guess they got no hit, but um. yeah,
1: it's honestly confusing um, because like, if it's psychological, that's crazy. Like they know they never do it. So they're overthinking it and trying too hard, but It makes no sense. Um, The fact that he has like five losses, like I got to go look back like a bunch of those losses. He's given up like one or two runs. I think the last two games he's got losses from have been like he's given up two runs or one run in six or seven innings. That's inexcusable. It's ridiculous, especially given that the day before they scored 12 runs um, and they couldn't even get a hit. Like it it just makes no sense. And if I were Gosman, I'd be so mad. <laughs> I'd be really mad.
0: But I think this just with Jay's fans in general. Like when you look at the stats going into the all-star break and we can talk a little bit about this. They're in the top ten in batting average in the league, but yet they're twenty-second in the league with runners in scoring position. Like, like just please explain that to me. Like I don't get it. Like how how are how are like I don't get how both those numbers can correlate and be part of the same team like I it's get some it if they were... magic,
1: like something it's going on
0: it's like they get Runners on and then they just can't hit them in and a big part of that has been Vlad who personally has been I don't know if we want to call it a struggle anymore maybe this is just what Vlad is this year because obviously in this road trip he's he has hit a couple home runs a couple bombs but I think we saw in that no hitter that pitchers are able to find the holes in Vlad's Um, abilities and his swing especially with off speed and off speed pitches away to him has really been his struggle this year and it keeps on being a factor every city every team they play against the book is out on Vladimir Guerrero Jr and that's throw him the curve away and don't make it close to the plate I think Vlad should be more patient at the plate like something we saw coming up through the minors and obviously through his MVP season that he's just not He's not continuing that into this season. I don't, maybe it's just because he's yeah. trying to overcompensate, but I don't know. What are your thoughts yeah, about that? Yeah, I mean,
1: he has, to, he has to be more patient, definitely. I think that, and I'm not him, so I'm not speaking for him, but I think that he is, like, getting too aggressive, too much in his head. Um, and a lot of those pitches are just not even close to being strikes. It's like something that he can f- literally be in full control of and change is just being more patient, waiting for your pitch. Um, I think that before that no hitter over the past week or so, he had been actually, um, performing really well, um, getting like some timely hits, some game winning home runs that were like pretty important to getting those wins. Um, Because the rest of the offense is just like, usually they win a game by one home run or one hit. Um, So I think he's been pretty good as of late of contributing in that way. But yeah, games like that no hitter kind of show that um, not even just him, but a lot of them are kind of being too aggressive, um, like and they're pressing like in times when they really need a hit, like it shows as a fan, you can see, wow, they really need a hit like they're really trying a little bit too hard here.
0: Yeah, and I think the the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to this no-hitter is the funny comments from Brandon Bell after the game so, uh, when people asked him if he was trying to bunt there in the ninth inning to break up the no-hitter and him admitting that he would have bunted if it wasn't an outside pitch. And I think, I don't know, personally, as a former baseball player, I think that's just like, like I guess you're trying to get on base, but like that's also like, I feel like if you get on in a bunt and you break up a no-hitter that way, that's kind of like... I won't say cheeky, but that's kind of like the worst possible way to give up a no-hitter besides an error. But I mean, technically, if, even if you do an error, it's still a no-hitter. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was funny. And the other big thing that happened in this series that we should talk about is the return of Alex Manoa or Alec. Sorry, I, I don't know why I said Alex. Alec Manoa returned after uh, controversial outings in the minors. His first one in the Florida Coast League. Not great. And then he had a solid, I wouldn't say amazing outing with the New Hampshire Fisher Cats in double A. And he comes up and I don't know if I want to say he was amazing, but he was good. He was solid. I think he was nowhere, he's still nowhere near the Cy Young level pitcher that the Jays had last year. But uh, the team rallied around him scoring 12 runs, as we already mentioned in that Friday game. But he also looked like he could... I think at times this year, personally, when he's been on the mound, it looks like he hasn't been able to uh, to stop the, the the leak from happening. Like once one run scores, it seems like it's a tidal wave of hits and runs, and he just can't get out of a jam. But at least in this Detroit outing, while you know there was some runners and he wasn't perfect, he was getting out of jams, only allowing two runs in the game, two ERA in your first outing. Obviously, the Jays started him in this game for a reason. It wasn't a tough opponent. Um, it was a team that they expected to beat and obviously they did that but nonetheless good outing what were your thoughts on uh when Noah was first outing back after being designated for assignment yeah.
1: it was great it was great to see um especially when he was coming in from the bullpen to start the game uh with the other pitchers um it was nice to see like all the Toronto fans there were cheering for him like everyone was really excited for him um I think everyone was pretty nervous too um it was really good to see him also just looking confident out there I think in his last few starts before he was sent down he kind of looked pretty like defeated like and shaky and like you could tell he was thinking a lot while he was out there so he looked a little bit more confident out there um and he was getting a lot of swing and miss which I think was good his slider did not look how it used to look last year it still looked pretty different honestly um which is concerning long term but I think um that's something for this off season for him to focus on and work on I think right now it's good that he's taking positive steps going forward to be a contributor and that's the most important thing
0: yes and you know Segueing off of this series, obviously I'll just do a quick recap for the fans. The Jays did take five or six games on the road trip, uh, obviously losing the one to the Tigers. And uh, runs were still not plentiful besides, uh, I'd say probably two games in this series. I think, you know, they were all close games, despite the opponents. And, um, you know, that's what kind of kind of baseball that Jays have been playing. It's been one run wins, close games, not a lot of blowouts. And you know it's it's hard. We'll talk about this later with our uh, grading of this team through at the halfway point of the season. But, you know, I think me and al or me and Tyler keep on saying that, you know, it is hard to be mad at a team that's nine games over five hundred right now going into the all- star break. Obviously, there's still things we can improve on, and we're in the probably the toughest division in American league history. but, Uh, those aren't excuses the team should be a World Series contender they can be and that's just shown by all the all-stars that we have in this year's all-star game we'll start off with who's not going Kevin Gosman was supposed to be in the all-star game he has opted out as he told reporters in Detroit uh, this past weekend saying that he wanted to spend time with his family I was personally shocked by this because it's not like this guy's been to 20 all-star games I think this would have been if I'm not mistaken, his either second or third All-Star appearance. Uh, he decided to give it up to spend time with his family, and I guess with the Jays uh, starting at home after the All-Star break, that makes sense for for Gosman, but because of this and because of a couple other injuries, Jordan Romano has been added to the All-Star roster. Uh, I feel bad for the guy because uh, he was on, apparently he was about to head up to his cottage in Muskoka's after the Detroit series, and uh, that's going to be next because he's flying out to be in his second all-star game at safeco i'm pretty sure it's still safeco field in uh seattle so that will be nice and then obviously we still have uh Whip merrifield bo bichette and vlad as all substitutes that will be getting into the game at some point uh for this all-star game and vlad will be participating in the home run derby tonight and i think my one question coming out of this all-star break is Obviously, Vlad hasn't been crushing the ball this year. I don't think he's one of the best home run hitters in the league this year. But do we expect Vlad to go far in the home run derby tonight? And do we expect a Pete Alonso-Vlad rematch from two years ago?
1: God, I hope not. To be quite honest, I I want Vlad to just see more everyone. I feel like he might not be having the greatest year, but when you just think about, like, the raw skills that are there like no one hits homers like vlad except for maybe like shohei otani nothing sounds better off the bat um so i'm hoping he can just kind of you know simplify things and just be vlad because he's so fun to watch like a- anyone would kill to watch vlad in the home run derby any year um i'm so excited for him so could go poorly could go really bad but it could also be really good
0: so the uh bracket- Going into tonight's derby is it'll be Vlad who's ranked number six. Uh, heading into this, we'll face off against Mookie Betts to start in the uh in the first round, and Alonzo will face uh Julio Rodriguez, and uh Robert Jr. will face Adam Rushman, who I think is a sneaky uh pick to win. I think Rushman's probably gonna show up, and then Garcia and Rosarini. A lot of American League. I think wait, yeah, like six of the eight players that are participating this year are american league headers um and most of them are from the al east at least half of them if i'm not mistaken yes half well three of them are so close um so it'll be interesting to see obviously p Lons is most likely the favorite because he's won it i think is it the last three years he's won it or is it i think the last two years he's won it quite a bit that's all i know uh robert juniors is ranked number one but i mean that's come on i also wish shohei did it it would have been so awesome if shohei otani just went out there as a pitcher for the home run derby and just beat everyone like he's he's leading <laughs> the american league in home and home runs right now like could you imagine he just walks into the play absolutely demolishes the baseball in the home run derby wins the home run derby like he's gonna soon I have very that. few few things left to win so he may as well win a home run derby exactly. title
1: absolutely he's the best he is so fun to watch
0: is there anything else you wanted to uh, talk about about the all-star game um
1: no i'm just i'm really happy for all the players selected i think that you know people are very cynical about the all-star game and have their opinions about it but um i'm really happy because um bo, bo should have been maybe starting in my opinion because he's played every day um Corey seeker's really good um obviously he's just played far less games but so i'm fine with that um but i'm very happy that all of them were picked and i hope we get to see some cool videos and photos while we're there
0: <laughs> yeah two texas rangers in the middle of infield with uh, Semyon and seeger former blue jay marcus samian uh starting the all-star game for the american league um i also want to say all the haters that were complaining that the jays were winning the voting and then none of them got the all-star like thank you that's just the way it goes like it was round around ev- everyone was like hey how come there's like five blue jays in the starting lineup when they're not even first in their division and my answer to that was a they would be first in almost every other division besides the braves and their own division and second of all you know all those players have had good seasons maybe i could understand why people were like well vlad maybe shouldn't be starting over diaz and i get that yeah it's a great absolutely for Tampa, but you yeah. know, Whip Merrifield's been a great second baseman, and so is uh, so as uh, Bo, and obviously, Gosman was a deserving candidate. And I also think it's kind of uh, weird that we don't get to vote for the starting pitcher for each, yeah.
1: Side. I've always hated that because I feel like people have strong opinions about that too, just about like it's not just about the position players. Um, but yeah, I'm glad Gosman somehow got picked.
0: And uh, good timing because it was just announced that Garrett Cole will be the starter for the AL and yeah. then Zach Allen will be the starter Uh, from the Arizona Diamondbacks will be the starter for the NL. Uh, The AL has won this competition. I'm pretty sure seven of the last eight years. So it has been very AL dominated. We'll see if the NL can change that. I, I highly doubt it because every year it seems like the, the AL just explodes and uh, ends up winning these games, but you know it's just for fun like it's there's nothing on the line anymore exactly. which which I also kind of hate. I wish that they went back to like yeah. home field advantage is whoever wins the All-Star game. I've, I I yeah. bet you they got rid of that because the AL won so much that they're like we just can't keep on doing this.
1: <laughs> Probably, yeah. That was a cool incentive though. Like that used to be something that you were watching for something.
0: Exactly. And wrapping up uh, our our Jays talk from the week. Uh, The first round of the MLB draft was last night and the rounds after that are currently going on as we speak right now, but oh my God, I'm going to butcher this name, but the uh, Jays have, have a very interesting selection this year. You know, normally a lot of people don't really care about prospects and all that stuff, especially in baseball where they could be, many years down the line and that's the case with the jays prospect he's a 17 year old that they drafted 20th overall uh from uh, strawberry florida and he's has he's the first uh player of indian descent to be drafted in the first round and the craziest thing about this guy's story is that he didn't start playing baseball until he was 13 years old yeah. and he's 17 and a lot of people have him being like probably one of the best power hitters in this draft class and he's 17 years old. So yeah. I think, I think a lot of, and a lot of uh convents thought that this was a steal because a lot of people had him either just outside of the top 10 or in the top 10 and the rankings, he drops all the way to 20, the Jays scoop him up. And the nice thing about that pick is the Jays most likely will keep him from going to college because they don't have to allocate money to their second round because they lost their second round pick due to some signings. So the Jays making a splash in the first round. Um, you know what? Should let's just give the attempt. I'm gonna look at the name for one second. Is it Armin? Arjun. Arjun Ar- Arjun Namala. Arjun Namala? Oh god, that's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be tough once he becomes a blue jay. Arjun Namala is the best pick. Uh obviously he's gonna be like six years away from being. A major league player, well, probably less than that, but like basically, like he's a seventeen-year-old. He'll start. Yeah, he's so uh, young,
1: up, but I'm very excited for him.
0: Yes, he's. What he's known for is his uh, defensive play and a lot of scouts. You know, when you do draft a shortstop, a lot of people always say, "Well, not many drafted shortstops actually stay at shortstop," and a lot of them see him as being shortstop in the major leagues and sticking in that position, as well as being one of the few shortstops that have a lot of power in that position in your middle infield, which is something that's very valuable in, in the current major league ecosystem that we live in now. And like a lot of people are like, Oh, this is the replacement for Bo now. So that when he leaves in free agency or such and such that we have this shortstop coming up and I don't even want to think that far God. into the future. I don't want to think no. about it. Uh, he's not going to play in the majors for at least minimum three years. Like I, I feel like they're not bringing in a 19 year old to play baseball at the major league level, no, no, even, no, even if he was tearing it up in the minors, but obviously it's a great prospect. Uh, very interesting. Um, hopefully he can, um, do well. I mean, got to give the guy props. Yeah. It's also nice for him that, you know, he gets to stay in the state and pro- I'm assuming he's going to start, uh, this this year with uh the Dunedin Blue Jays, and you know we're make maybe play a couple of games in Vancouver, but it'll be interesting to see what the Jays end up doing with him, and uh, interesting to see his trajectory because I'm,
1: I love this pick. I love this pick especially because um of the whole story of how he played. Cricket first. I think that's so interesting. Um, I think he's got a ton of upside, like just hearing everybody talk about him, everything I've read. Sounds like this is not just talk, like people really think, um, like with the right development and time. He's so young. He's literally a child still. Like this guy could become a superstar. I think that would be awesome. They said it's really high, upside, really low downside. So
0: this guy was dra- is, like, graduating high school this year. Like, like when crazy. me and Tyler were saying that Manoa was playing against literal teenagers in the Florida Gulf, uh, Gulf, Gulf Coast League, this is the type of player we're talking about. Maybe yeah. not to this level, not a first-round pick, but, like, you know, baseball's one of those weird sports where, you know, a 17-, 18-, 16-year-old is going to be in a complex playing games for your organization. And I think that the Jays, who... Have made some interesting picks over the last year in the draft. Obviously, most notably Austin awesome Martin, but who was traded to uh the Twins for Brios, which, you know, only time will tell how that goes. Have not really outside of the last couple of years utilized these draft picks. They've been more of a team that's capitalized in the international market, as we saw. Both of the prospects in the futures game representing the Jays this year were international signings. Uh one from the Netherlands and one Pretty sure Zuleta is from, uh, the Dominican. I could be mistaken. I can. You know what? I can just look that up right now. I think he's from the Dominican. I could be wrong, but anyways, I think that it's good to see them take these big swings in the first round because, you know, Absolutely. for every Austin Martin, we also have a uh, Max Pentecost who didn't make it out of single A. That was also due to injuries, but, um. I think that this is definitely a prospect that Jays fans are going to be talking about kind of in the vein of like a Ricky Tiedemann in the next year or two, once uh, he finally gets his feet wet in the minors. And even this year, like this guy has insane power. And I think is one of those players that I can see, you know, crawling up the rankings really quickly. Sorry. Zulueta is from Cuba. My mistake. You know, some of the, some of these countries that are baseball powers all kind of mixed together, especially in the international market. <laughs> I have ap- my apologies, Zuleta is a Cuban, so there you go. And you're just we're just adding another good prospect to our list of prospects. Obviously, we're not deep because we're not a rebuilding team in terms of prospects, but it'll be interesting to see how his career, uh, you know, goes from here. Anyways, yeah, Anna, it's great. I'll-
1: it's great to have someone.
0: And a hard segue uh, to end this podcast because we're not going to take up too much time because I'm sure we'll have another big podcast after the All-Star break and you know leading into the second half of the year. Uh, the big question I wanted to ask you, Maddie, is what is your grade for the Jays through this first half of the season? And like a your test in high school, you can't just give me a grade. You also have to explain your work. Tell me why you're giving Great. them the grade you're doing choosing
1: i was i was leaning towards um like a b minus um but i don't want to be too harsh but i feel like a b minus is probably fair um and i say that because um a lot of that is because of the division they're playing in how good the teams around them are um and you know it's hard to um value or put play value on their season without considering the teams around them. Because if you just looked at um, their record and kind of how they've been doing, like a team nine games over 500 in a wildcard spot is pretty good. Um, but if you think about um, what was expected for this team coming into the season is more something like where the Orioles or Rays are. Um, so that's why I'd say a B minus. I'd say that also because we didn't expect Alec Manoa to have the season he's had. So that kind of put a huge like hole in the rotation for a while, which I think had implications for the other starting pitchers. Um, and also, I would say the hitting because this lineup, on paper, to me, look coming into the season was the best in MLB. Um, and it's not like they're doing horribly right now compared to the rest of the league it feels horrible watching it every day Um, but they're basically like an average lineup in MLB which um I know these players are capable of so much more so that's why I'd feel like it's a B minus but if I'm just valuing them without looking at the other teams maybe a B because they've still you know fought through a lot of really bad losses to get to where they are now and finish on a 5-1 road trip so that's basically where i'm at it can hopefully only go up from here
0: the way this season has gone and the way that those, these last couple of weeks have gone i am bumping my grade up from a c to a c plus i think <laughs> i i think you said it that this team is supposed to be a world series contender and they don't look like that right now like they they have the money they have the players they have the assets to make this a world series team And when you look at this roster on paper, even let's say, let's say you're Ross Atkins. You're going to this trade deadline. You're looking to add. Who are you adding to this team? I mean, like what, what more can you do? Maybe you could say, oh, we maybe want an upgrade of a bench path, which is like a very small thing that might win you two or three extra games down the stretch. It's not a huge move because You're not taking out Chapman. You're not taking out Bo. You're not taking out Vlad. And hopefully, maybe you can get a little bit more production out of Kirk. Though, one Jansen's been healthy, he's been playing pretty well, hitting for power, which is something this team needs. And then you look at the outfield. Show hasn't been great at the back, but then they've been great defensively. So are you changing any of those three players out? I don't think so. And then you look at the rotation. I think the only person you can bump out at this point is maybe either Manoa Kakuchi Kikuchi to the bullpen at the long man. So maybe you're looking at a starting pitcher and then maybe a bullpen arm. But then also you have Chad Green coming back hopefully in the next month or so along with Hunjin Ryu. So where do all these pieces fit? It's really interesting. I think like every year we can, I can go into the deadline and be like, the Jays need this. This is what they need. But there's no clear they need this because this team's been built built no. well like because if everything if everything's going full bore you know pop simber garcia maybe you add like a like i was saying earlier in this season like a 1b closer to be there with romano so you have that option kind of like the white Sox did uh with uh i think it was clevenger and Hendricks. yeah at one point. or it
1: was uh it was kimbrell or oh, kimbrell sorry um, you're right like, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was Kimbrel Yeah. Man, Kimbrel's moved around well, a lot. I also
1: want to say like, um, big shout out to the Blue Jays bullpen because um they've been great. I personally feel like they have been phenomenal. And Romano and Eric Swanson have been so overworked. Um, and given how much they've been asked, they've done a really good job. That bullpen has been even better than I thought coming into the season. They have been really, really good. Um so if they could add someone to maybe ease that workload a bit, I think that would be very helpful.
0: Yes, I, I I, agree. I 100% agree with you there. Um, Just to give clarity for the bullpen, they are currently ranked... Sorry, one, two, three. Ninth in the league in ERA with a 3.85, uh, which is really good. The only thing that sucks about that is that uh the Yankees and the Rays have higher bullpen ERAs because those are two teams that always have a great bullpens and the Jays are neck and neck with them they're only 5 uh sorry 0.05 points off of the Yankees and I mean the Rays are far ahead of them but that's okay I think like there's not much more you can add to this team it's just that the oh. people around the team need to be better and yeah, If they didn't have the month of July or start of July and end of June, that they've had people were already starting to think, do we trade Matt Chapman this year? Like, is oh, this not I our year? I don't even
1: want to hear that.
0: <laughs> Obviously that's not going to happen now. They're yeah. in a wild card spot. And I think this team with over, sorry, nine games above 500 is going to buy at the deadline. But the question is, what do you buy? And it's hard to give a straight answer. That's not, a piece around the edges that doesn't give you that high impact because then we're also talking about what do we want to give up? And I think that's We the don't have many assets. I, I think ironically a guy who's played pretty well recently, uh, Kevin Vigio might be on the chopping block and might be a guy that a team yeah. takes a flyer on in order to, for the Jays to get a reliever. I think about a team that's really young and could use some, um, help to support their young infield, like the Pirates, who have a lot of good bullpen arms and not mm-hmm. are not quite yet contenders. Maybe they can move on from a bullpen piece, get Biggio in, who's still a younger-ish player, 26 years old. But we'll see uh, if that happens. But unless there's anything else that I didn't touch on, uh, I do also want to touch on the fact that, you know, Shohei Ohtani might be available at this deadline. So I guess if Shohei's available, the Jays could think about it. But other than that, I don't see any clear people that they go and target right now that really makes an impact. Because if any team adds Shohei Ohtani, okay, it's it's different now. It's yeah, it's a complete. It's a complete three sixty. You you got like even if could you imagine a show because if Shohei Ohtani joins this team, he's probably like your fourth fifth starter, which is also kind of crazy considering how good he is Insane. as a pitcher and then he's probably like your fourth or fifth hitter and he's hit like 30 home runs if i'm not mistaken right now crazy so,
1: crazy 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 that is like uh, dreamland
0: <laughs> so who knows maybe ross atkins can complete that for us
1: but <laughs> yeah, at the end of the eight- day, they have to like the hitters just have to perform better you're because like you said you're not taking anyone out of that lineup like you can't, and it's just you're relying on good players to play like themselves, which I think, you know, they might need a new hitting coach or a new hitting approach um, if it isn't obvious already.
0: Do you think the Jays need a new manager quickly? Is that um, part of it?
1: Um, I'm undecided on that right now. I'm I'm not a fan of a lot of Schneider's decisions. I think it's a lot of lack of experience decisions. I think that the bigger issue is probably like the hitting coach right now. Absolutely. What okay. about you? Where oh, are you? on well, Schneider?
0: Uh she's he has a better record than Manoa or uh, Montoya, yeah. and I think yeah. that he's better with the players, so I'm okay with him. I don't think managers yeah. make or break games until it's the playoffs. That's just my personal opinion.
1: Yeah, he's a great like person. He's a great person to have around those players. I I love that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, just to wrap things up here, we want to thank all of you for listening to this episode of the podcast. We want to thank Maddie for joining us this week. You can find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can like, subscribe, tell all your friends about it. Follow us on social media at OTL Sports DA, And we'll see you next week. Enjoy the all-star break, everyone. Goodbye.
2: I live my life at least a hundred times Never got it done right Played this song once or twice I've been trying to find my light Out of energy, I'm stuck with the candlelight Buttoned up, hollowed down, these buttons are too tight This candlelight isn't too bright Close my eyes and I lose my sight I just wanna say goodbye